When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is an Ian special report. Now reporting. Former 24-7 champion, Peter Rosenberg. Ian's at six. When the clock struck six, it meant one thing. Fair, I'm doing a show. Turkey, ducky, turkey, ducky. That's great. Now, from the ESPN New York News Desk, here's Rosenbaum or whatever that guy's name is. One of your show is number one. Hey guys, welcome to ENN on TV. Ray Row. That's right, brought to you by Slowmans. And I should also be noted that today's ENN is live from Silver Spring Country Club in Ridgefield, Connecticut, for the Golf for Victory Over Cancer, uh, presented by Naomi Wines. Today's outing benefits the V Foundation for Cancer Research. If you'd like to participate in today's great silent auction, which is amazing, has a ton of amazing items, um, or just make a donation. To the V Foundation for Cancer Research, research, visit vclassicgolf.com. So many awesome packages right there. Uh, vclassicgolf.com. Say research again. Research. Research. I'd like to say good evening to Michael. Don't call Don. Call me. <laughs> I'd like to say good evening to Don. I'm a big humor guy. Good evening to Michael. Maybe I'm too big. And to Don. I'm going to jam my head in the microwave. And to Don again. I get the Amazon Prime. Now that's 10. That's outrageous. That's 20. So, that's 20. Somebody yeah. should be killed. <laughs> Don again. I know you're an old man. I'm old I'm too. I'm not an old man. And good evening to myself. You realize mid-segment you were about to lose it in your pants. There's been a lot covered on the show today. Oh, so, you, if, so good. You miss such a, a good show. You miss a minute, you miss a lot. Uh, we spoke a little bit earlier about Game 2 of the NBA Finals, which saw the Golden State Warriors beat up on my Boston Celtics in a way I was, if I'm being fully transparent, slightly uncomfortable with. When um, we talked about uh, Draymond Green and his, um, his little infraction with Jalen Brown, here's Draymond talking about the back and forth with Jalen. How concerned were you that they may have given you a second technical when you and Jalen Brown were down on the floor? Not at all. Word? Um, I mean, you are Draymond Green. Me, you said I, they treat I, you differently. That is, but it's the NBA Finals. And, um, you know, I, like I said, I wear my badge of honor. It's not that I'm saying they necessarily treat me different. I've earned differential treatment, and I enjoy that. I embrace that. But I'm never going to let someone stand over me. I'm a man first. My kids are in the stands. I don't, I don't play by, like those type of games. And so whatever happens at that point happens. So he, he, he gets suspended and have his team lose because he wants to show his kids that he's going to stand up for himself. I got to tell you, that, that quote did not hurt your argument earlier, Michael. He basically said he gets deferential treatment. No, he said differential. Sorry. You're saying it correctly. He said differential treatment. He gets different treatment is the point. Right. And he deserves it. I don't really understand because let me let me just explain this. And I love Draymond. I think he's a great character. I think he's a solid player as well. He's been a big part of their big three in in Golden State. 
But when you talk about players getting deferential treatment from referees, Michael, it usually comes from they're so offensively gifted that the only way to stop them can be to foul them. Right. So, you know, like the Jordan rules. You have to, you have to ref someone differently because they're so good. That's not what Draymond's talking about. Essentially what he's saying is he is so physical and annoying and commits so many technicals that the refs are forced to kind of handle him in a different way. He acted as if he earned it because of his great play. I don't think it's Draymond's great play that's earned him different treatment from referees. Right. No, it's it's his rough play, and it seems like, well, they're going to let him be even rougher because he's a rough player. No, that's not the way it should be. If it was a technical foul, it should be a technical foul. And it does bother me that they looked at that differently because he had a previous technical foul. He's the they one who should – differently. They, he's the one that should play a little less physical when you already have a technical hanging over your head. If you have a technical hanging over your head and you continue to play a a rough visit, you have to pay the price. They're not making him pay the price. I think it was wrong. Because according to him, it sounds like, well, because I'm so physical, I should be able to do whatever I want. Right. And because his kids were in the stand. So So even if he got thrown out of a game, because he doesn't let any man stand over him. uh, By the way, I I am so nothing annoys me more than people using their kids as an excuse for stupid behavior. Because your kids were in the stand, you need to prove to them that because you were laying on the ground and Jalen Brown stood up before you and was annoyed at you, like that's some sort of sign that you're Uh, less than him. mm -hmm. And you must prove to your children that you are a man and you also can stand up. Yes, Draymond, you too can stand. I don't. What is he proving? Well, he's proving is, is that I'm going to come up with a defense that makes you look like an ass if you're going to go against me. You're saying I don't love my kids? You say I'm a good father? It's the worst. Like you're throwing something in, into the <laughs> argument now that it's like supposed to be the mic drop, right? I don't, I don't. Well, I'm not going to let my kids see me being disrespected on the court, so I should be allowed to do whatever I want. And then if I criticize you for that, then I'm saying he's not a good father? That I wouldn't I, I wouldn't uh, do the same thing for I, my kids? So yeah. how did what, – what, um, the first technical, what was that for again? I don't remember. What was the first one? I was watching it at Chili's in the Chicago airport. How was so it? I, the Chili's? No, it was actually, you know what? This is important. Glad you brought that up. The Chili's in the Chicago O'Hare airport in the right. United Terminal. Uh-huh. Big terminal. It's a disgrace. And I, I don't mean the effort of the people working there. They were great. The staff was awesome. Got me in quickly. They turned the channel to the game for me, mm-hmm. which saved my night. I was super appreciative. But Chicago O'Hare, do better than just... The only restaurant around that was open on a packed Sunday night at Chicago O'Hare, one of the biggest airports in the country, yeah, was a Chili's, and it wasn't a full Chili's. It was a like stripped down fast food version of Chili's. So it was a chill. <laughs> they, they they didn't have any they of the eat. delicious dessert options. Did they have buffalo wings? They had buffalo. Well, that's bites. all they needed. They had buffalo. That's bites. all they needed. Stop the criticism. But I was trying to be healthy. So you know what I got. The, the, the salmon, celery? The salmon and Caesar salad. You know what? The Chili's at the O'Hare Airport, they're known for their salmon. I'm glad you went that route. That's right. I got to tell you, though. Chicago itself. Unbelievable. I had, why, why even are you ordering I, salmon at Chili's? I had well, I just had, I had such a crazy weekend. I couldn't. The food I had in Chicago. You know what? You may have brought me to your side this time around. On Saturday, we had a full-on. We lived Ferris Bueller's day off. We started the day at the Art Institute. Right. Looked at everything. Were you driving a red convertible? No red convertible, okay. but we were. We really enjoyed the Art Institute more than I ever thought I would. In fact, I enjoyed it so much I felt guilty 
that I was doing this with a couple of dudes and like I haven't taken Natalie to the MoMA yet and then here I am at the Art Institute right. on a romantic date with two friends from college. One of them being Geoff. One being Geoff and one being Jerry. <laughs> and we so we did that, Art Institute. We got we got pizza at Pequod's on Saturday. How was that? Oh. Listen to this. Listen how great this is. We walk into Pequod's, okay, around 2 o'clock after the Art Institute. We're famished. We just want some delicious deep dish pizza. We go up to the host, uh, the host stand, and say, we'd love to, to, to have some pizza. They said, do you have a reservation? Oh, my yeah. Friend, my friend Jody said, no, we don't. She, she gave him a look of, like, you're an absolute fool. And then she looked around and she went, you know what? You can have that high top right there. We sit down. We order our pizza. We're eating. We're in heaven. Mm-hmm. A few minutes later, a person walks in and goes, hey, I'd like a table for three. They went, I'm sorry. It'll be four and a half hours. Oh. Wow. What? We, got, we so just like... got in the window. And then we walked to Wrigley Field, uh, which is a nice 45-minute walk through Chicago. Walked off the carbs. I, I think so. Got yeah. thousands of steps. Sure. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Well, that's awesome. Looking for more access to the show? That's right, man. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TMKS ESPN. Let's go to Ime Udoka, who's also excited <laughs> about my weekend in Chicago, talking transition. about the turnovers in the third quarter and how it crushed the Celtics yesterday. For us, it was more, that's a disappointing quarter, of course, but the first half was just as disappointing, only being down two and not playing good basketball at all frankly and so had our opportunities came out jumped out up nine early and then turnovers started happening let them back in the game and just offense wasn't as crisp with the ball movement and passing like I said 11 of our turnovers were live ball turnovers nine of them out of steals. so I uh, got to be better in that category I've got to ask you a question that I don't you might know all right why why see the only coach that's wearing a mask I was going to say I love Udoka where I don't know why I don't have an answer to I mean I don't want to make fun because I don't know maybe it's a medical issue but most of it's a chin strap, so I don't get it. Well, no, it. no, he, he does put it up all the time, but he takes it down to yell all right. the time. Right, so here, here, have my COVID now. Right, right, but then I, it covers it back up. I don't know why he's committed to the mask every game. Steve Kerr. And also, can we have the coaches get back to wearing suits? Stop. You're not, Stop you're not into it. Stop it. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, if Pat Riley was still coaching, he would not be wearing a sweatshirt. He'd be yeah. having an Armani suit fit to yeah. the T. Come on, have some Michael. respect. I don't. I won't go that far. Hold I would, on, but hold on. Did, they didn't all have to wear suits, did they? Yeah, that was it. Uh, they they sure. let it go when the places were empty. Now the places aren't empty anymore. Put suits on. You're not going to go in the game. You don't need a sweatsuit on. It's weird though, because when I think of p- coaches in suits, you think of Connie Mack. I picture. <laughs> I picture Connie Mack. I picture Phil Jackson. Right. I picture Riley. I picture Jerry Sloan. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Sloan always wearing like a very old school sort of looking 70s kind of suit. Let's hear from Steve Kerr, who also wasn't wearing a suit. I can't picture Kerr in a suit. He's a sweatshirt kind of guy. Here's Steve Kerr. Any concern that Curry's having to do too much here? 
there's plenty of concern about plenty of things. You know, Boston's a hell of a team. They're, you know, they have a great defense. They've got guys who are athletic and, and powerful and can get to the rim and whatever it takes. You know, we're going to need contributions from a lot of people. We're per- perfectly capable of winning games uh, where Steph doesn't have a huge night. It just means other guys got to got to step up and, and score for us. But that's that's something that they've done all year. So let me get this straight. Let's say he's their best player. Does mm. everything he can, but they lose in six or seven. So he can't win the MVP because they'd give it to a Celtic. So he's not a top ten player? I know. It, it's – come on. We all know it's folly. And, and, and by the way, he's already been the top player in the series right. through two games. I mean, and, and, and my guy, very young, spry Jason Tatum, has been bad in both games, one and two. And Steph's been tremendous in both. Clearly the best player on the floor. Although, I got to say – who was it yesterday? Was it Poole at the end of the first half who was out of his mind and hit the shot from near half oh, court? Oh, that was amazing. God, they have a – between Poole, Wiggins, Clay, and Steph, they have so many players who could heat up and crush you. You know why they have Wiggins, though? It's unbelievable. There was this great detailed story in The Athletic. Only through the largesse of Kevin Durant and the Nets do they have Wiggins. Because they could assi- the Nets could assign Kevin Durant without making a sign and trade. Okay, and the GM of the of the Warriors really worked it. Let's do a sign and trade, so we still have that salary space that we can do something with it. And they got D'Angelo Russell at top money. Now they knew that D'Angelo Russell probably didn't fit, so they had D'Angelo Russell for a while. Saw he didn't fit. Then they traded him to Minnesota for um, Wiggins. Wiggins and Wiggins has been their shutdown guy. They don't have him if Kevin Dur- Kevin Durant. Had to agree to it, but he wanted to help them out a little bit because he liked Bob Myers. Well, yeah. Why would he have any issue with Golden State? Well, why do you, you might? The only issue you could have. What if you met Golden State in the finals? Why would you want them to be better? Great point. Great point. Well, fortunately for the Nets, that's not an issue they've had to worry about. No. And no. how's D'Angelo Russell doing in Minnesota? Let me ask Andrew Gunley. Not Pretty bad. Good? Not bad. As good as Wiggins. Close. He's a different player. He's a different player. Yeah. yeah. Um. Let's hear from Frank Isola. Frank. Frankie Ice. Good old Frankie Ice. He was on with KJM this morning. Interesting. And he was talking about Quinn Snyder uh, leaving Utah and Donovan Mitchell's disappointment uh, in that decision. Let's hear from Frank. There are teams that would want him. I mean, Danny Age is, you know, for the most part, always worked with a center. I would tend to think that Danny Age would try to trade Rudy Gobert before he would try to trade Donovan Mitchell. I just think that's a team that's because a lot's going to happen. Let's face it. They had the best record in the West last year. And, you know, they ended up getting knocked out in the second round to a Clipper team that didn't have Kawhi Leonard for the last two games. They were in a perfect position to at least get to a conference finals, and and it didn't happen for them. So, you know, the Quinn Snyder thing surprises me a little bit, just the timing of it, because their season ended so long ago, so that part of it is a little odd, but again, I think with Danny Ainge in charge there, I think a lot of things are going to happen. Here's the worry I would have, because Nick fans right now are, are starting to salivate that they can get Donovan. Bing bong! Pat Riley said today, we have to make some changes. Pat Riley has his eyes on Donovan Mitchell, and if anybody could put it together and make a deal, it will be Pat Riley before the Knicks. You would think. You mentioned the aforementioned Pat Riley. Riles. If you call him Riles, sure, sure, sure. Adrian Brody, if you will. Here's Pat Riley uh, being asked about retiring. I haven't given that any thought at all, Ira. And so until somebody brings it to me, other than the media, I'm 77 years old. 
And right now I can do more push-ups than you can do right now. If you want to go to, if you want to, go to the mat, let's go. Turn it off. Turn it off, Riley. <laughs> can you see that? No, um, no one needs to see that. <laughs> So, Pat Riley, no plans to move on anytime soon, and why should he? You know, there's such revisionist history. You know, why did he, why'd the Knicks let him go? He had the audacity at the time to ask for part ownership of the Knicks, and they were owned by a conglomerate. They couldn't give out part ownership to their team, and Mickey Harrison gave him part ownership of the Heat. And by the way, if you had to do it again, if you were the Knicks, would you have done it? I, I just don't know if, if it's business capably to be able to do that to have a, a, a conglomerate or like it might have been Gulf and Western at the time or Paramount they can't give they have sh- shareholders they can't just say oh here's 10% of the shares but can't in, do it but in retrospect if they'd somehow found a way because let's be honest there's always a way the if, Knicks would, would have won a championship the Knicks would have won now. a championship yep. now. like I, I think all of us believe that Pat Riley is the reason that Eric Spolstra is now a top 15 all-time NBA head coach Deshaun Watson is facing a civil lawsuit from a 24th woman over inappropriate sexual conduct. This comes a week after a 23rd suit was filed against Watson. Like the others, a massage therapist is accusing Watson of sexual misconduct. The lawsuit alleges that Watson allegedly behaved inappropriately after the second of two massages that occurred a few days apart. The filing states that the plaintiff came forward after reading that Watson said he has no regrets and has done nothing wrong. Watson is not facing criminal charges, but the NFL is still conducting the investigation. And I just want to say, sorry, to the remember how I've been saying from the very beginning that Watson at the very least should come out and say, while I did not do anything criminal, I realize I, ne- I have things I need to work on. I clearly have some issues I need to figure out. He looked at that as like an admission of guilt. Mm-hmm. And now in this case, because he's being so defensive about it, he's got two more cases on his hands. Twenty. Well, so what was the uh, twenty-four 20, now? Twenty-three right, so and twenty-two. 24. He offered a hundred thousand dollars to each of them for doing nothing, right. and they all turned it down. And then this is the first misstep by his lawyer, Rusty Harden, who came out this weekend or yeah. maybe on Friday and said, "You know what? There's there's nothing illegal about happy endings after a massage." I know. I know. Well. He had said that nothing sexual had ever happened. Well, see, this is why I'm really starting to believe what I originally thought about this. And when I say misunderstanding, I'm not absolving him. But what he thought was normal conduct in a massage parlor is not normal conduct. Correct. So that's that's. So when he says nothing happened, when something happened, he just thought that's supposed to happen. And I think that's what Rusty Harden's trying to say. But somebody needs to tell Rusty that still. Well, now what you're doing is incriminating him. Right, there were there were quote unquote. I'm sorry if they're you know we don't have to explain it to the kids, but you, once you bring happy ending, he said that the lawyer said that, then then something did happen that's not supposed to happen during massages. Right. And I just wonder what Cleveland's thinking. They they don't care. They have okay. no ethics or morals. Nothing. They knew exactly what was happening with this guy. They they knew it wasn't going to go away, and they still had to have. But him. but here's the question. But they couldn't get him to at least own up in their press conference to saying I've got some things I need to work. No, on? No, because everybody's like trying to like you know polish this filthy thing that's going on and make it seem clean. They know it's not, but they don't want to admit anything, so they're like blinded. They know exactly what went on. 
Is he? And they still that the fact that they gave him a contract where he's getting one million dollars this year. So if he's suspended for the year, he doesn't lose any money. They knew exactly what was going on. They don't care. No class. No class. No, because they figure you know so he's going to play for somebody. Might as well play for us. And I think what was happening, Peter, at these in the massage parlor, mm-hmm. he was demanding it from from everybody. And then those are the women that said no. Yep. And he's thinking, well, what's the big deal? It's part of the thing. And, and that's where I think it's a misunderstanding. So if he came forward originally and said, I, because again, when you saw the number of people that he had to get to massage him, you know, like something might have been up that if he had at least leaned into, I might have a bit of a, a sexual addiction or I might have a problem then maybe he would become more of a sympathetic figure. But for him to claim nothing happened, and now you're going to have to at some point probably admit something did happen. But to Michael's point, all right, so what does that mean? So let's say that that did happen. So it's, it's going to result in a six-game suspension, and then it's all going to be forgotten, and then Cleveland's going to be like, all right, I got a quarterback at the end of the day. So what's the big deal? All right, well, by from- the way, Miss Hatton, by the way, yeah. just sent out a picture of a young you. Oh, You're yeah. a good-looking guy. Thank you. What happened? The hair. You lost your hair. So, well, why is the hair that important? My face didn't change. It's changed a little bit, too. Well, yeah, I was very young there. Very young. That's me and my... Uh, you didn't have a worry in the world there. It's my first internship for... That was with Tigger. That's Tigger from... For, famously from BET Rap City, but he worked at the radio station WPGC in D.C., and that was me as an intern at uh, sophomore year of college. At that year, at that age, did you think of all the great things that were going to happen to you? Did you think all of this would happen? Basically. Wow, wow, what an arrogant that's, that's, jerk. I mean, I, I was gunning for it really hard. I was skipping everything there was to do to be at the radio station. I that's was, right, man. I was going for Why it. Why can't you just say he's a confident person? Hey, thank you, Don. Um, from from lack of class in Cleveland to to uh, the opposite, Romeo Cronell has retired after 50 years wow. as a coach. 39 in the NFL, 74 years old, includes stints as a head coach of the Browns and the Chiefs. He last served as the Texans' interim head coach in 2020. This uh, That season, he became the oldest person in NFL history to serve as a head coach. Uh, um, George Papa Bear Hallis had the record prior to that. Finished his career with 32 and 63. I think it was record uh, Connie Mack, I think, that had the record in the I NFL. I do not believe that's yeah. true. But shout-out to Romeo Cornell. Hell of a career. Tim Tebow, among first-time candidates... On the College Football Hall of Fame ballot. Now he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame for college. Absolutely, he was a great college player. And there's another, and there's another quarterback who did not have a distinguished NFL career who appears on the ballot as well. Ryan Leaf, great college player. Um, The only player on that list also as a quarterback who you would say had a distinguished NFL career would be Alex Smith, also Mm -hmm. up for the College Football Hall of Fame. Um, Don Ryan Strom. He left game three uh, with an apparent injury, but it's expected that he will be back tomorrow night, correct? Yeah, because um, it was not – I don't even know what happened. Uh, it was like a mild contact, but you saw that it was a lower body injury. If I had to guess, it looked like maybe he'd be hyperextended his groin. Came yeah, off, sure. gone for most of the second period, tried to come back, played a shift, left, done for the game. Galant said afterward, they're not going to give you any information that he looks like he's going to be okay, and I guess we'll find out tomorrow, but that can kind of change things for sure. Kevin Rooney probably comes back in the lineup. They probably put Goudreau up to that second line center position, but they can't afford to really miss him at all. Well, you're playing through that same ailment, so he should be able to Yeah, you know what it's like. Yeah. Now, speaking of working through ailments, i got to say, Yes has the video here to show you. Last night, Cody Rhodes worked through a torn peck to have a Hell in a Cell match against Seth Rollins. 
Um, it came out earlier in the weekend. It was getting rumored that uh, Cody Rhodes, who just came back to WWE a couple of months ago, big surprise at WrestleMania. Look at the shot of his of his uh, pec. Um, the, the rumor came out that he torn his pec. It was confirmed that he did. He decided to wrestle the match anyway. Now, is the guy laughing at him? Yeah, it looked like well, it. Well, yeah, but he's a bad guy. Okay. And it a was heel, as they say. That's right. And it was expected <laughs> It was expected that you know if they were going to have a match, it would be five minutes. Seth would just beat the hell out of him. It would end, and that's it. Instead, they worked like a 25-minute classic with a torn pec. Shout out to Cody Rhodes. And lastly today, um, Greg Norman has caught his biggest fish yet. Phil Mickelson is heading over to the LIV, um, the Saudi Golf League. Last week, of course, 42 of the 48 players were announced. Uh, Dustin Johnson was the biggest name on the list, but now Phil Mickelson, after all the controversy, is going to do it. Here's the statement he put out. First and foremost, I want to apologize again to the many people I offended and hurt with my comments a few months ago. I've made mistakes in my career. And some of the things I've said and done, taking time away and self-reflecting has been very humbling. I need to start prioritizing the people that I love the most and work on becoming a better version of myself. He goes on to say, I'm ready to come back to play the game that I love, but after 32 years, this new path is a fresh start, one that is exciting for me at this stage of my career and clearly transformative. I'm thrilled to begin with LIV Golf, and I appreciate everyone involved. I also intend to play the majors. Because the majors are, does not fall under the under PGA. Under the PGA, you can still play the majors. And he also left that line that he does not care about the atrocities that the owners of LIV actually have done to, to the world and people, but the money is really important to him. It's it's very interesting that after everything that played out, he bothered taking that tact. Was a coward. I mean, I'm sorry. Was a coward. Wouldn't show up to the PGA events to take the questions, right? right? Didn't want to face the media. Right. And then ends up doing it anyway. I don't have, by the way, do what you're going to do. I believe every, I believe everyone takes blood money in different ways. Do whatever it is you got to do. I'm not I'm not judging him for taking the gig. I'm judging him for the approach that he had. Yeah, because everything that we thought when he he said that off the record conversation, it, it's true. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about what they did. He doesn't care about the journalist that was killed. He doesn't care. It's more money for him. That's it. And then he was trying to back off that statement, but in fact, that statement proved to be true. He doesn't care because he's right. playing on that tour. And it, it, the the it was just a very unnecessary statement. Like I said, I don't pass judgment on people who want to earn a living going there. Do what you're going to do, but to come out there and say it and then end up doing it, it just he looks like a lunatic. That will do it for yeah. ENN. Brought to you by our friends at Slowman's. Protect your home and your family. Call one eight hundred Alarm Me. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.